hear the music, you know the show. Welcome to another edition of Rayella Sports here on the Voice America Network. I am Willie Gibson. Today, Ray is not with us, so I'm going to thank him, uh, as always, for entrusting me with this uh, hour of time, and, and hopefully I can uh, do it justice. The Final Four is what we will talk about today, not the NCAA Final Four, however, but the NBA Final Four. It's conference final time here in the NBA. You have in the Western Conference the defending NBA champion Golden State Warriors versus the Houston Rockets. And in the East, for the second year in a row, you have the Austin Celtics versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. And it seems to be a, a annual tradition, a tradition unlike any other. Like the Masters in the springtime, you have the Cleveland Cavaliers in the, in the Eastern Conference Finals for the fourth year in a row. And coincidentally, the fourth year that LeBron James, since LeBron James has rejoined the Cleveland Cavaliers, they are they find themselves in the Eastern Conference Finals. So we'll talk about that. NBA Draft Lottery is tonight as well. And interestingly enough, as we just talked about the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Eastern Conference Finals, due to uh, the Kyrie Irving trade to the Boston Celtics this summer, they also find themselves in the NBA Draft Lottery. So we'll discuss that as well. Uh, the, the draft is deep this year from uh, all accounts, college players that are eligible, as long, along with a, a few international players that have thrown their hat in the ring. So we'll discuss uh, player players as well as draft positions as well. Maybe get into a little baseball as well with uh, earlier today the news coming down that Robinson Cano of the Seattle Mariners suspended 80 games on a drug violation. So we'll get into all that as well. But as I said, starting off, we do have the NBA, and it is conference final time. The uh, Boston Celtics on Sunday, uh, Mother's Day, uh, did dismantle the the Cleveland Cavaliers. And once again, the, the, the obituaries are being written and the epithets are being created as this could be the end of the Cleveland Cavaliers season. And with that, the anticipated exit of, of LeBron James from Cleveland. And it's interesting interesting to me because we just heard this, oh, about four weeks ago after game one of the first round Eastern Conference playoff series, Cleveland Cavaliers versus the Indiana Pacers. Indiana uh, dismantled Cleveland, uh, won by 18 in Cleveland. LeBron James had a triple-double, as he typically does. Was his, uh, but it was a quiet triple-double, if, if there's even such a thing. With And uh, the, the, the stories came out then. This could be the end. He doesn't make it out of the first round. If he has this time to think, he's going to plot his strategy and get out of Cleveland. And we all know what happened not only in Game 2, but with the series where uh, Cleveland won in 7. But I want to focus on Game 2 because that is where we find ourselves tonight. And LeBron has a, a, a knack in coming up big in game two, especially after a, a, uh, a game one loss. In his career, he's eight and six in game twos following a loss. And you look at the numbers, he averages 32 points a game in game two wins after a game one loss. And if you remember, again, we just referenced the, series versus the uh, Pacers in the first round 
in game two, he came out, uh, scored the first 16 points of the game and route to a 46 point night and ended up with a Cleveland Cavalier win. So, you know, for all the it's it's interesting. I mean, we understand that you know LeBron James is is the start the the straw that stirs the drink, if you will. He's the 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 story that moves the needle. So anything associated with him is going to be uh, magnified. But for after one game, it's a it's a long series. I mean, it's it's best out of seven, and I've maintained this for years. No one in the East will beat LeBron James four out of seven. I've said that for years, and I, I hold fast to that statement today. No one in the East, Boston, obviously Toronto can do it. Obviously, Indiana could not do it. But Boston will not beat LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers four out of seven. And it's not just LeBron James. I mean, and, and take nothing away from Boston. They played a great game. They played a, a phenomenal game. I mean, they scored 108 points against a Cleveland team that's been playing uh, phenomenal defense. So, you know, 108 to 83 is, a, you know, a 25-point win. You know, you take that, you know, all day, every day, and twice on Sunday. But if you if you really look at the the game within the game, you know, it's, it's an impressive win. It's a win. Again, it's one. They still have to win four to win the series. Still six games potentially remaining in the series. But... Uh, you look at the numbers, and Cleveland shot, I believe, it was four for twenty-six from three-point range. And and on on the surface, you look at that and you say, "Wow, four of twenty-six." Uh, Boston really must have been playing some phenomenal defense to force them to shoot such a low percentage. And and in actuality, they weren't because they took twenty-six threes. If, if Boston really was playing the phenomenal defense that one would think with such a poor shooting performance, Cleveland would have thought of something else to do or attempted to do something else before they got to 26 three-point shot attempts. But the shots were there for Cleveland. The, the Cavaliers just weren't making them. And I truly believe that'll be a difference uh, tonight in game two where those same shots, uh, if available, will be uh, made. And I don't, I don't foresee a situation where you know, Cleveland comes out and misses their first 12 three-pointers of the game uh, and misses 22 of 26 uh, for the entire game. And, and it's interesting, I saw another note where uh, Boston, for this, the entire playoffs, is allowing 8.7, a little under nine, three-point field goals made per game. So I'll issue my first hot take of the show that I, I believe that the Cleveland Cavaliers will have that many three pointers in the first half alone tonight. I don't, I don't foresee a situation where Cleveland comes out. First of all, what's going to happen and please watch the game and keep this in mind, but I'll tell you what's going to happen first. And then we could discuss it again uh, the next time we're on. But first of all, LeBron James is going to come out uh, not timid, not waiting. He's going to come out attacking from from minute one. You know, anyone that has watched LeBron progress throughout his career, he always, without fail, lets you know that the first game of a playoff, playoff series is a, is a fill-out game. You know, that was him allowing 
himself to fill the Celtics out, see how they cover him, see what they throw at him, watch how his teammates respond to that coverage. And now, after a day and a half of going back to the lab, dissecting that, coming up with a formula to combat it, I believe tonight, beginning in game two, you'll see a, a different LeBron James, a more active uh, LeBron James, a, a, a more um, uh, attacking LeBron James. And when you have a, an attacking LeBron James, what that does is that, that draws the defense to the lane to stop him, and then you have your shooters. You have your Kyle Corvers, You have your J.R. Smiths, even a, a Kevin Love or a, a George, George Hill. Those guys will begin to hit those three-point shots that they were missing on Sunday. I believe those shots will go down tonight. And when that happens, I think you know, it's going to do nothing but boost the morale of the team because we know LeBron is going to get his. LeBron is going to get his. And with my second take, second out take of the, of the show, you know, uh, LeBron scored 15 points in game one. Uh, that could be the first quarter. But I think totality... Uh, game two, he will have a 40-point triple-double. So I'll say 40 points, uh, 14 rebounds, and 12 assists. Because you're not going to contain or or stop LeBron James, but for so long. And I, again, I don't believe that Boston did anything particularly to stop him. I think, again, based on based on his history, based on what he does, he, he takes game one, you know, and now – no, please understand what I'm saying. I'm not at all at in any way stating that LeBron James went out to lose game one. Not at all. However, I will say that he did take the opportunity to see how, again, how Boston was going to cover him, how they played him defensively. Marcus Morris, I mean, he got hammered in social, on social media for coming out and saying he was the second best LeBron stopper uh, in the league behind Kawhi Leonard. And he... Again, by numbers, you would think he went out to prove that. And I think the answer comes tonight. And I think LeBron James uh, lets everyone know that there is no such thing as a as a, a LeBron stopper. You know, there were a bunch, you know, a few uh, couple decades back, uh, Joe Dumars was the, the 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 Jordan stopper, and uh, now you know, but Joe Dumars did not anoint anoint himself the Jordan stopper. He was through media and, and by uh, viewers who watched how he defended Jordan, he became known as the Jordan stopper by others proclaiming him that, not taking it upon himself to say, hey, I'm the Jordan stopper. But with Marcus Morris doing that and take nothing away, you know, not only did LeBron have a substandard game one, uh, Marcus Morris played a phenomenal game. 21 points, 10 rebounds. You can't take anything away from him. However, what I will say is that LeBron very, 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 very rarely comes out with back-to-back subpar games, especially the playoffs. So I don't think that will um, occur tonight. And I definitely think that uh, Cleveland will follow the lead of LeBron James and, and win game two. But, and that's all you can ask for as the road team. As the road team, you want to come on the road and get a split. You know, and, and that's the, uh, again, it's one game. You know, the pundits jumped all over this as they did after game one in, in Indi- against Indiana. And, you know, is this the end? The Cavs, they're finished. 
LeBron is leaving. He's going to Houston. He's going to Lakers. He's going to Philly. He's going, and again, just slow down. Allow this series to play out. Allow tonight to play out. And I truly believe that at the end of tonight, or with the late start, perhaps early uh, Wednesday morning, you'll see that uh, the series will be tied one-one. Uh, with Game Three uh, going back to Cleveland on Saturday, so you know that's the Eastern half of the Conference Finals. When we return, uh, before we get to the Western Conference Finals, I want to talk a little NBA draft lottery because again, you know the the Cleveland Cavaliers. It's only happened a handful of times that you have a team in the Eastern or in the Conference Finals that actually has a stake in the draft lottery as well. So we'll discuss that. We'll also get into. Uh, the other side of the bracket with Houston and Golden State on the western side of the conference finals. You are listening again to Rayla Sports and the Voice America Network. I am Willie Gibson. Please stick and stay. We'll be right back after these messages. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, welcome back to Rayla Sports on the Voice America Network. I am Willie Gibson sitting in for Ray today, and it is conference final time. But again, a little segue from the conference finals. We talked about the Eastern Conference Finals earlier in the first segment, Cleveland versus Boston, but let's talk a little NBA draft lottery. Uh, the lottery is tonight, and uh, for those that may not uh, may not know, the the lottery is for all non playoff teams in, in the NBA. So, uh, thirty teams total in the NBA. Sixteen make the playoffs. The remaining fourteen go into what's called a draft lottery to determine who gets the, the top three picks, and that's a uh, a key fact as far as the draft lottery is concerned. The, the lottery does not determine the order of all 14 
picks for non-playoff teams. The lottery only is responsible for determining the top three picks. Picks four through 14 are set up in reverse order of the teams with the worst record that re- worst records that remain. So, for example, if I believe this year uh, Phoenix has the worst record in the NBA, so they have the biggest chance or the largest opportunity to win the draft lottery. If they don't, if they don't finish in the top three, as far as the lottery is concerned, they can finish or pick rather no worse than fourth. So, I mean, a lot of the lottery has been around. Uh, this is year 33 for the lottery and all kind of conspiracy theories have been floated out there as far as the draft lottery and the NBA and how they want it fixed and how they want the biggest star and the biggest market and things of that nature. I mean, it goes back to the first lottery in 1985 when uh, it was uh, the frozen envelope theory where what they did at that time, there was uh, uh, envelopes and a big drum. They did it at halftime of a NBA playoff game and they turned the drum and, and then commissioner David Stern would reach into the, the tumbler to pull out an envelope. And uh, the story goes that the New York Knicks, the envelope with the New York Knicks emblem was uh, logo rather was frozen. And every time he would reach into the tumbler to pull an envelope out, if he felt the coldness, he would switch to another envelope until the New York Knicks envelope with the logo of the Knicks rather was the last one in the tumbler and they in turn won the lottery with the number one pick. They selected Patrick Ewing and the rest is history. But I digress back to this year's lottery. Um, the Cleveland Cavaliers have a chance to win the lottery because of a trade with the same Boston Celtics that they're playing tonight in game two of the Eastern conference finals. They traded Kyrie Irving, uh, to Boston over the summer. Uh, he, Demanded a trade, no longer wanted to play in Cleveland. So they accommodated him and traded him to Boston for uh, Ante Sizic, uh, Isaiah Thomas, uh, Jay Crowder, and also the rights to Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets 2018 first round pick, who Boston received in an earlier trade as well. So the, the Brooklyn pick, and it's so, I'm so, if for nothing else, I'm so glad that tonight is the draft lottery so I no longer have to say the Brooklyn pick. We can now know where the pick is and what the the question is, what will Cleveland do with the pick? Because they have right now uh, Brooklyn finished with the eighth worst record in the NBA this season. So they have a 2.8% chance to win the lottery and and pick with the number one overall pick, they also have a ten, a little less than ten percent chance. I believe it's nine point nine point eight percent chance to uh, pick in the top three. So right now, the the, the Cavs can either pick one, two, three, or with uh, if not in the lottery, I believe that the pick is eight that they will have. So. And then the, the interesting thing about them being in the eighth position is in 2011, they made a trade. It was the first year after LeBron left and went to Miami. They made a trade with the Clippers 
and traded for Baron Davis and a, the Clippers first round draft pick. And it was in a draft lottery. It was in the eighth position, scheduled to be the eighth position. No. And the Cleveland Cavaliers won the draft lottery with the Clippers pick from the eighth position, went to number one, and they picked Kyrie Irving, point guard from Duke. So kind of interesting that it goes full circle that they they trade with the Clippers for the lottery pick that they picked Kyrie with, and then they trade Kyrie for a lottery pick that's in the same position that potentially they could win the lottery with tonight. But if you look at the the players a deep draft, and you know all year it's you know it's been uh, speculated as well. What will Cleveland do with the pick? Will they trade the pick uh, before the before the trade deadline in February? Uh, will they hold on to the pick, not knowing what LeBron James is going to do at the end of the season? And a lot of speculation. And lo and behold, they held the pick. Doesn't mean that they can't trade it now. Because what I think the pick is a lot more attractive when you know where it lands. Because, again, we've been calling this the Brooklyn pick for so long. The Brooklyn pick, the Brooklyn pick, the Brooklyn pick. Not knowing where it is. And of course, understandably so. Um, Cleveland not wanting to trade it. Not knowing where it is. So now after, oh, about uh, 8.15 Eastern time tonight... We should know where the Brooklyn pick is. It now becomes the Cleveland Cavaliers' first-round pick, and perhaps we'll know a little more. Uh, a little more clarity will be uh, given on where the pick is and, and what actually will occur with the pick. Um, you, you still have uh, a trade options. Um, rumors with San Antonio, perhaps package the pick with a couple players in the current team for Kawhi Leonard. Um, Speculation is Dan Gilbert did not want to get caught um, with no net, no safety net, if you will. If if LeBron James were to leave again, as he did in 2010, and we all know the uh, the the lack of uh, winning that occurred once LeBron James left in 2010, so Dan Gilbert being determined not to allow that to happen any longer had the Brooklyn pick as kind of a ace in the back pocket. In the event that LeBron leaves, there's still a building block left. Or, let's say LeBron stays, which I'm in the camp to believe that he'll stay. And that pick, that rookie, will go a long way with uh, setting up a a roster around LeBron that will uh, allow him to continue to be competitive and, and compete for championships in the latter stages of his career. Um, some of the players in the draft lottery tonight, uh, the consensus number one pick, I believe, I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt, whomever wins the draft lottery, I think the number one pick would be DeAndre Ayton, uh, center from Arizona. I mean, beyond a shadow of a doubt, I mean, 7-1, 260 of a very dominant uh, offensive, very, very skilled offensive player defensively as well. Uh, I think beyond a shadow of a doubt, whomever wins the lottery, um, DeAndre Ayton's name will be called first uh, on uh, draft night. You also have um, my my personal favorite as far as if the Cavs are not to finish in the top three, 
if this young man will be available uh, at eight, I, I believe the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, should take uh, Mohamed Bamba, Bamba seven-foot center from Texas, uh, led the nation in block shots this year, almost four block shots a game, uh, skilled offensively as well. Now to DeAndre Ayton, double-double, uh, stepping off the bus every night, but he feels a need. He feels a need for Cleveland where he's a, a defensive stopper, where he uh, can become an eraser, if you will, if someone gets beat off the dribble. Uh, he will be there on the back end to uh, reject the shot, and he just gives up a, a presence uh, defensively that I don't, I don't believe that Cleveland has. And uh, given the fact that Joel Embiid is in the East playing with the Philadelphia 76ers, I think uh, Mo Bamba would go a long way as far as matching up uh, well with Philadelphia uh, throughout the uh, coming years. So it'd be some, uh, I, won't, I won't go so far as to say a, a classic uh, Wilt versus Russell comparison, but it, it could be a situation where you have some pretty good matchups with uh, Mo Bamba and uh, Joel Embiid in the future if Cleveland were to take him at, at number eight. Uh, another gentleman, uh, Miles Bridges, uh, forward from Michigan State. Keep an eye out for him. Um, Clutch Sports is the agency that represents him. Rich Paul, who also is the agent for LeBron James. So that could be a, a situation where Cleveland could take a look at a Miles Bridges. And he's a phenomenal player. And that, you know, the, the ties to LeBron and Rich Paul notwithstanding. I mean, Miles Bridges is a, is a phenomenal player. All-American uh, type player. So that's someone uh, that you can look at. And also uh, kind of a wild card young man out of Missouri, uh, freshman Michael Porter Jr. Um, interesting story with him. He uh, was injured his first college, uh, first collegiate game, had back surgery, pretty much missed the entire season, came back uh, for one game. So he's played two games in his college career, and he's pretty much looked at as a lottery, but 6'10", shooter, um, kind of, again, when I, when, I, when I use these names, I'm no way saying that he, he could be this guy or he's going to be as good of this, as this guy, but uh, kind of reminds you, uh, kind of a rangy uh, player such as a Kevin Durant, that's 6'10", 6'11", shooter uh, that can um, score the ball in, in a variety of ways. So, you know, those are all types of guys, all uh, guys that Cleveland could have an eye on, uh, whether it, you know, whether it be one, two, three, or eight uh, for the draft lottery. But it's just interesting that, I don't, again, it's only been a half, handful of times where a team's in the uh, Eastern or East, in, in the conference finals period, but yet has an opportunity to uh, pick at a lottery. I believe, uh, actually last year, Boston, um, actually was, uh, they had a Brooklyn pick as well from last year, and uh, they were playing uh, Cleveland in the Eastern Conference Finals. Actually, actually wasn't the same night as the game was an off night uh, for that series. I believe it was the Western Conference Finals that were on that night, but Boston got 
a lottery pick, a top three pick at that uh, in the conference finals. I believe it was uh, 2003 uh, from a previous trade. Detroit had a uh, a previous trade with Memphis. They were in the conference finals, had a lottery pick that night, and at number two, they picked um, Darko Milicic from Yugoslavia. Now, the interesting thing about that is that was a 2003 draft, all right? LeBron James went number one. The trade at number two picked Darko Milicic from Yugoslavia, and then at number three, Carmelo Anthony went to Denver. And at four, Chris Bosh went to Toronto. And then at five, Dwayne Wade went to Miami. So it's kind of a little, you know, how the draft is an inexact science where you have one, three, four, and five, all pretty much Hall of Fame players. All, uh, unfortunately, Chris Bosh uh, ended his career a little early due to blood clots. Uh, he played, I believe, 13 years, but um, LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, and, and Dwayne Wade all in year 15. And at number two, Detroit picked Darko Milicic and uh, was out of the league very quickly. But that's for tonight. Draft lottery is a little recap. But when we return, we will go to the other side of the bracket, the Western Conference Finals, Golden State and Houston. Again, you are listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. We will be right back after these messages. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Form. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Form or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. If you're looking for more information on firearms and the shooting sports, check out Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Kelly is the owner of McMillan Fiberglass Stocks with over 40 years of experience. Now he's ready to share some industry luminaries and their perspectives with you. If you're interested in firearms, whether it be for shooting, for fun, competition, hunting, or self-defense, Kelly is here to share his wisdom and experience. Listen live for Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan, Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 
p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you? It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right. Music. You know the show, Ray of the Sports on the Voice of America Network. Again, I'm Willie Gibson sitting in for Ray this week. And again, we are discussing the Final Four. Not NCAA basketball, not NCAA football, but the NBA. And we've already discussed the Eastern Conference side. Now we'll switch coast and go out to the West Coast. And the defending champion, Golden State Warriors. Uh, Monday night, played the uh, Houston Rockets in game one. Again, 119-106 was the final. Warriors take a one-game-to-none lead. And for whatever reason, everyone is so ready to ride off the Rockets. And kind of similar situation with Cleveland. You know, the loser, he lost game one, so the series is over. And it's amazing to me that people don't realize that this is a seven-game series for a reason. This is not... This is not March Madness, the NCAA Final Four, where it is one and done. But this is a series. It's a game. It's the best four out of seven. Potentially six more games in this series. And momentum swings happen game by game. So it's amazing. And I understand the phenomenon with Golden State. And they have a great team and and great players. And absolutely take nothing away from any of them. But Houston's in the Western Conference Finals for a reason. And, you know, now, you know, granted, they may have their uh, management may have said a little bit more than they probably should have. And as far as, you know, we wanted Golden State for a year and we've made all the moves we've made has been for nothing more than to match up against Golden State. Well, you know what? You asked for it. Now you have it. But at the same time. Um, you look at that game last night. I mean, it was tied at halftime, 56-56. Um, they went on a uh, the 13-point uh, outscored. Gold State outscored Houston by 13 in the second half, um, seven in the third quarter, six in the fourth quarter. But the game was not like it was a blowout. You know, conversely, game one, Boston and Cleveland. It wasn't a situation where, you know, seven minutes in, it was 22 to seven. And it was a situation that was kind of nip and tuck the entire way. And I truly believe and I truly expect the series to be the same way. And, and if you look at, again, the game within the game, uh, Trevor Ariza was in foul trouble pretty much from the onset. Um, five fouls early in the third quarter, and it just spiraled out of control from there. I mean, James Harden did what James Harden does. Jazz Harden, I believe, have 41 to lead the uh, Houston Rockets. Chris Paul 
you know, chipped in with 23. So those guys are going to do, you know, what it is that it is expected of them to do. But you need the, and for the others, for lack of a better term, you definitely need your role players to step up. Uh, Trevor Ariza, a P.J. Tucker, a um, Gerald Green off the bench. Those guys are going to be key uh, for the remainder of this series. Uh, a lot of uh, ISO ball is what it was uh, the, the term thrown around uh, last night. As I even look at this, P.J. Tucker at one point, um, a lot of ISO ball where it was James Harden going one-on-one against uh, Steph Curry. And that was a matchup they, they pretty much exploited all game on some matchup switches that Chris Paul kind of uh, abused Steph Curry defensively uh, a few times as well. So that's something you want to definitely keep an eye on uh, throughout the series. And, and Steph, you know, to his credit, accepted the challenge, you know, said he hopes that they continue to go at him. You know, and, and as a competitor, you know, what else would you expect him to say other than, what he said, you know, you don't want him to say, "Hey, I know, stop coming at me." You know, I don't, I don't want that. You know, but you know, he he did uh, what he can do. You know, he had 18 points. He scored. He had one three pointer, and yet Golden State still won by 13. Kevin Durant, I mean, you know, for all intents and purposes, he's the uh, second best player in the league right now. I mean, behind behind LeBron James, he had 37. He pretty much got whatever he wanted last night, shot selection-wise. He did exactly what he wanted to do, regardless how, or how, rather, Houston attempted to stop him. He pretty much had his way. Uh, Clay Thompson did what Clay Thompson does. Strictly a shooter that hits threes. He spotted up. They fouled him on the rotation. And he was there. And Draymond Green, uh, I wouldn't definitely spend a lot of time discussing him. I mean, for as much criticism as he gets, and, and most of it, uh, truthfully, is 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 earned, very well earned. You got you have to give it up to what that guy did last night. I mean, doesn't show up in the box score. He had five points, but he had nine rebounds and nine assists. And you look at the defense that he played. I mean, he goes above and beyond. So, I mean, you know, most people look at you know, he only had five points, but he made such a difference in that game defensively. Again, with his rebounding, his assist, um, there's nothing. I mean, he's a, he's the type of guy that you don't like when he doesn't play for your team, but you love to have him on your team. And he just, but again, all that being said, uh, Let's pump the brakes as far as, you know, I know Charles Barkley said last night after game one, the series is over. It's going to be uh, Warriors 3-0. Well, we all know that you have to go 4-0 to, uh, you have to win four to win the series. But that, that sentiment is shared by by many uh, that think that it's just a, a foregone conclusion and just a matter of time before Golden State advances uh, to their four straight finals. Now, you know, for interest in the interest of full disclosure, I did pick Houston at the beginning of the season to come out of the West. I just believe that they will have enough to stop Golden State. Uh, that's when that's why you have uh, it's a seven game series. That's why you have days between games where coaches can, can make adjustments 
and you'll see in the second game on on Wednesday night, hopefully those adjustments will be successful, and you'll see a, a different uh, Houston team. I mean, Houston, for lack of a better, I mean, for all intents and purposes, it wasn't a, a blowout for them. As I said, as I said, they were loot. There was there was a tie game at halftime. They were down seven at the end of the third quarter, and they lost by thirteen. PJ Tucker scores one has scored one point. Trevor Ariza was in foul trouble the entire night. Uh, Luke Richard uh, Bamute missed three layups. I mean, so those types of things you look at it, uh, the game within the game, and it's like, well, you know, that game easily easily could have gone the other way if not even the huge things, but just a few things here or there go differently. You'll see a different a different outcome from game one. So, I mean, we saw what Golden State does. I mean, Golden State did what they do for lack of a better time last night. That's what that's the Golden State you're going to see pretty much uh, the entire series. They're going to make their adjustments as well. But I definitely believe there's a lot of room for Houston to step their game up to make the necessary adjustments. I believe Chris Paul uh, left some points out there on the floor. I know he scored uh, 23, had 11 rebounds, but as your point guard, he had uh, seven assists. Uh, I'm sorry, James Harden had seven assists. Chris Paul had three assists. Definitely want to see more uh, of a, a, a distribution of the ball from, from Chris Paul in, in game two and subsequent games going forward um, the remainder of the series. But again, I think this game, I think this series is going to go seven games. I think whomever comes out, and again, I picked Houston, is going to definitely feel it and have felt it for having gone through the Western Conference Finals. And when they get to the actual NBA Finals, whomever comes out of the East, and again, I picked Cleveland. I did pick a Cleveland-Houston Finals in October, the beginning of the season. I think I think Cleveland. We'll pretty much have their way. I know I understand, and I think for as far as Houston is concerned, they showed a lot as how to stop them last night in game one against Golden State. Now, again, hopefully they can make those adjustments and that they can, you know, move forward, at least make this a, a situation where uh, Golden State has to work for it, and hopefully, again, Golden State you know, reign as the, as the Western Conference champion will, will end with a, a, a Houston win in the Western Conference Finals. But, you know, that remains to be seen. But that's why you play the games. Um, game two of that series is Wednesday night. Hopefully, um, Golden State. But, uh, yeah, that's the, we've, seen a, we've seen Golden State three straight years. And I think there's just a time where you want to see something different. And I know conversely, people say, well, why don't you want to see anything different with Cleveland? <clears throat> and really, I think it is a different team with uh, Cleveland. I mean, this team, Cleveland remade their entire roster in February at the All-Star break. But Golden State pretty much has had the same core group of guys the entire time. They lost to Cleveland. They won 73 games in one year. They lost uh, to Cleveland in the finals, they went out and added Kevin Durant, an MVP. So, I, you know, at that point, what more? I mean, I mean, 
I, I think it's just time out west for you to see something different. But you know, we're to be seen. But that wraps up the East, the Western Conference Finals. We'll take a break here. Again, you're listening to Rayla Sports on the Voice American Network. Stay and stay. We'll be right back after these messages. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. You bet.com's playing to win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on playing to win at youbet.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, welcome back. You are listening to Rayla Sports. You're on the Voice America Network. I am Willie Gibson. Uh, switching gears a little bit back to the NFL. And I understand this is pretty much what you expect from Rayless Sports. Rayless, the former Philadelphia Eagle and Cleveland Browns great. Uh, quick note from the NBA, the Carolina Panthers, not quite official yet, but it is in uh, the late, late stages of discussion that the Carolina Panthers will be sold to hedge fund manager David Tepper, purchase price $2.2 billion, with a B, $2.2 billion. And the more more interesting thing about that is it's a cash transaction. David Tepper purchased the Carolina Panthers with cash. $2.2 $2.2 billion in cash. His uh, net worth is $11 billion. He um, made his, um, most of his uh, resources were made in the investment field, investment industry. So congratulations to uh, David Tepper. Um, the new owner put in, um, put again, just a, I believe the, the league votes on it later this month uh, to approve uh, the hedge fund manager, David Tepper, uh, his purchase of the Carolina Panthers. And you look at his, uh, his background, uh, kind of a, a, a middle-class upbringing, 60 years old, grew up in a lower-middle-class neighborhood in, in western Pennsylvania. And uh, uh, Pittsburgh actually uh, paid his way through the University of Pittsburgh by working at the library. And uh, 
<clears throat> majored with uh, graduated from the University of Pittsburgh with a degree in economics. Makes sense. And started his career with uh, as a credit and securities analyst. Uh, earned his MBA and had uh, worked at Goldman Sachs and started his own hedge fund in 93. And going forward, now is the new owner of the Carolina Panthers. So uh, you look at the the resources of, of NFL teams and uh, teams such as uh, now being sold, I believe the, the highest of the previous high for the purchase of an NFL team was $1.4 billion. Uh, the, the Buffalo Bills were purchased uh, for $1.4 billion about four years ago. So now uh, the Carolina Panthers now hold the record as the most expensive um, sales transaction of an NFL franchise. Uh, David Tepper uh, today it is announced that he's purchasing the Carolina Panthers for $2.2 billion. And it's no stranger to the NFL. He's uh, uh, owned a small stake of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I believe 5% is what he owned of the Steelers. And now is the primary uh, controlling owner of, of the Carolina Panthers. So switching up, I know we have a few moments here to um, – before we wrap up the show, but baseball, I mentioned it at the open. Uh, Robinson Cano, Seattle Mariners second baseman, 80-game suspension for drug use. And um, uh, for all accounts, it's not been uh, confirmed what the uh, substance he tested positive for. Has, it is not a recreational uh, drug, for all accounts. It has not been. Um, actually, it's now being said it is a performance-enhancing drug that he tested positive for. Um, it is a steroid, for to kind of narrow it down even further. Um, he's actually on the disabled list right now. Uh, suffered a broken bone in his hand uh, 35 years old 80 game suspension he is um, missing if the suspension stands 11.2 million dollars in salary this year scheduled to be 23 million dollars but he is going to uh, miss 11.2 million dollars of that so, um, I don't know. I mean, there's always the questions being asked. Is it worth it? You know, is it worth um, using performance-enhancing drugs to get to the major leagues, to get to the NFL, to get to the NBA, get caught? But, you know, you have, you know, all the all of the, the, the notoriety and, and the financial resources, things of that nature. You know, you know, is one worth the other? And, and honestly, for me, um, I, I'm of the of the mindset that you know you have to do it the right way. You know, you have to do it um, the right way, no matter you know. And the, the arguments always made, well, so and so is doing it, everyone else is doing it. Well, yeah, everyone else may be doing it, but you know, it's a it's a it's a integrity issue 
uh, for me, if it's not necessarily what you should be doing, then regardless of whom else is doing it, really doesn't matter uh, to me. So, you know, he has, you know, hundred, you know, he's, I believe it's a hundred and eighty million dollar contract he signed. You know, how who knows how long he had been using prior to that. If this is a one time, and of course, you know, it's been, you know, he, it's, it's a one time situation. He was given something for a high blood pressure, uh, given a diuretic. In the off season, you know, but now he's tested positive. He tested uh, before and after the positive test, and it was it did come back clean. So for this particular instance, it appears that it may have been a one-time uh, scenario. But it, again, it's just not uh, it's not a, a situation uh, that's that's beneficial to to anyone. I mean, of course. You know he has the, the the financial resources, and some people might think it's worth it. Hey, I'll 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 take a shot, or I'll take a pill to earn three hundred million dollars. If I know, you know, later on down the line, it may you know cause me health challenges to, uh, later in life, or um, I may get caught and you know get my name smeared uh, publicly uh, through the media as a as a cheater, as a a rule breaker. Some people, you know, to them, you know the uh, the risk is worth it. Um, again, personally for me, and I believe not only for me, and you know, I've had an opportunity um, to to share conversations with with several uh, high profile athletes on on across the the professional um, leagues, NBA, NFL, as well as uh, in uh, Major League Baseball. And you know, the 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 great majority of them, you know, they they don't feel it's worth it. You know, it doesn't matter. You know. Who else is doing it? What it may be able to bring them? Um, it's just not a situation where they feel comfortable and moving forward and and doing something illegal because it's always a situation you may get caught. Yeah, you may not get caught, and you may go through your whole career and no one knows. But you know, what what type of damage are you doing to your body unknowingly when you take a a, a performance enhancing drug? Uh, something that as you know, may cause um, cause you to to a great benefit now, but what price are you paying on the back end of your career? But you know, we shall see. You know, I'm not here to you know stand on my snow on my soapbox and 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 tell everyone else you know what they're doing is wrong and what I, my way is right. My way or the highway is just a, an opportunity, a forum to to share my opinion. But and for that opportunity in this forum to share my opinion. I'd again like to thank Mr. Ray Ellis for allowing me and trusting me with this uh, block of time to share on Ray Ellis Sports. Uh, this show is coming to a close, but before we do, I want to again thank uh, Super Producer A-Rod for making my role a lot much easier uh, for filling in for Ray. You are listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network, and we will talk to you again the next time, as Ray says, which will be the best time. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.